Amen. Amen. You can be seated. The worship of self is what our world runs on. And that worship of self is called uh, secularism. Mark Sayers says that secularism is the attempt to create a system for human flourishing in which the presence of God is absent. Let me read that again. Secularism is the attempt to create a system for human flourishing in which the presence of God is absent. It's life on my terms and without God. It's life according to me. And this is in the church. This is in in the life of, of God's people. And it has been for ages. It's consistently there on a regular basis. I, I, I need to tell you that, like, that this passage that Helena just read is incredibly important. And it's important because it helps us understand uh, two things. One, where we've come from so that we can see where we are today as believers. What, what do we have today? Where we've come from so that we can see where we are today. And then secondly, so that we can accurately critique the things that are coming into our life so that we can accurately understand what's actually being said to us, what's actually being told to us through the media, through social media, through all of those things. We are not discerning enough. And so we have politics as religion. We have sex as God. We have gender as whatever I think it should be. We have... uh, all of this stuff. It's where you get the January 6th riot at the, the Capitol. It's where, it's where you get all of the uh, uh, activism that's happening in regards to sexuality, um, the activist uh, people in the school districts and uh, things of that nature that are trying to cram down our throats, um, the stuff that is uh, inc- just deaf. It's just deaf. It is a lifeless endeavor and I, I think it's incredibly important. I know we have a lot of kids in here this morning. And so kids, I want you to listen up because I think that this, this is incredibly important for you to understand. As you go into your school, and this will happen to you if you are, especially if you're in uh, uh, public school, um, it's happening to my kids daily. Um, but it could also happen in, in a Christian environment as well so that you can uh, positively be able to critique what's actually happening in our world. Like I said earlier, what we want to talk about here is we want to look at the contrast. We want to see where we've come from in order to see where we actually are. There's this idea of like know where you've come from, know your roots. There's a a famous uh, lyricist and poet that wrote an incredible piece Um, an ancient poem from 2002 called Jenny from the Block (laughs) by Jennifer Lopez. Lopez, what am I even talking about? She said, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still still Jenny from the Block. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. No matter where I go, I know where I come from, from the Bronx. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still Jenny from the Block. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. Yeah, that's repetitious, okay. Uh, And then verse two, I'm down to earth like this, rocking this business. I've grown up so much. I'm in control and loving it, 
Rumors got me laughing, kid. I love my life and my public, whatever that means. Uh, put God first and can't forget to stay real. To me, it's like breathing, yeah, south side Bronx. There you go. All right. So I did that before I even read scripture. You'll appreciate that. Uh, that's, that, that there's, a, there's this mixed in spirituality in the, in the middle of I'm in control. I've got this. I got this figured out. This is, this is what it is. And it, it's according to what I think. I know where I've come from and I'm rooted in that. I'm still that person. And unfortunately, she's talking about a life that is full of death because it's riddled with secularism. The Apostle Paul has been talking from the beginning of Ephesians until now. Um, Ephesians chapter one, verse three, talks about how we are blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He goes on through that, talking about all of this incredible glory and grace and mercy and all of this like heavenly places type stuff. And he's kind of coming down and he's been talking about how he wants us to know the hope to which we've been called, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the power towards us who believe. Like, and it's amazing. And he's kind of continually coming down and and he's going into like, this is Christ and he's, he's seated at the right hand and everything's under his feet and so forth. And then he's head over the church as we get towards the end of chapter one. And now we're here at the church. So we're kind of going from this sky high and beyond heavenly realm. And now we're down to the church. And then he says this, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. He wants us to know where we've come from, just like JLo. Uh, he wants us to know where we've come from. He wants, to, wants us to know where, where we've been so that we can see where we are today. He's just been talking about we have been uh, restored to the heavenly place. Like this God has given us all of this amazing stuff that is, it's spiritual and it's eternal and it's powerful and it's glorious. And then he comes down and he says, no, let's talk about the reality of who we are. Let's talk about who we actually are. Many people believe that we're just inherently good and I do bad things. The, the problem with that is that that's not true according to the creator. Through Adam and Eve, our first parents, and through their sin, all of us have become sinful. And so it's just been this progression that since them, uh, all of us have become sinful as a result. Uh, David says in Psalm 51, five, he says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. David is acknowledging this idea that like he's a sinful guy. This is Psalm 51. It's after his, uh, his, his murder of his friend and, and uh, adultery with his wife. And he says that the whole problem with me is that I was brought forth in, in iniquity. Like I was sinful from the moment that I was conceived, not even just at birth, but from the moment that I was conceived, I was sinful. That's what he, that's what he said. And then God says in Genesis 6, 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that uh, every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God looks at the earth and he sees all of these people, his creation, and he says, uh, he sees the wickedness, he says every intention 
of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Like there's this indwelling sin. There's this, there's this stuff that we have. It's called original sin, and it's there, and it constantly affects us, and it comes from our heart, which is what Jesus says in Matthew 15, 18. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. That's what Jesus says. This idea of you were dead in the trespasses and sins. It's not that you are just kind of dead. It's that you, before Christ, were completely dead, unable to respond to him, unable to reach out to him, unable to desire him, unable to even think about doing something good that's not motivated by something evil. That's, that is ultimately our problem. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. What that says then is this is that but pre-salvation, uh, before Christ, we are unable to make a decision for Christ. We're unable to reach out to him. We're unable to go after him. We're unable to do anything. Our world has built its, its entire system on the idea that, hey, if we could all just get really pumped about this way of living, then everything would be fine. If all those bigoted people would stop saying what they're saying and start saying what we're saying and believing what we're believing, then everything would be just fine. The problem is, is that there are so many people, billions, in our world today that have different thoughts and feelings and actions, and our world wants you to believe that we can come up with the right answer. The problem is, is that without Christ, we are dead in our trespasses, which is wrongdoing, trespasses and sins. Go on to the next one. Uh, that, that was verse one, verse two, in which you once walked, following the course of this world. All of us used to once walk in this. There's also an implication in here, and that is, and that is this, that you're no longer that, now you're this. You're no longer that person that came from the block, Jenny from the block. You are now somebody else. I don't know where Jenny's from now, Jenny from heaven, um, whatever, something along those lines. Now, it's something completely different. You used to be that. Paul's saying, you got to understand where you've come from in, under, in order to understand where you are in Christ. Spiritual deadness, lack of worship, the, 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 the lack of energy that Christian people have to serve, to give, to uh, live in community, to uh, not fight with each other, to not to not take on politics as religion, to not take on sex as religion, to not take on those things, is rooted in this idea that like I don't understand the fact that I was dead in my trespasses and sins in, what's, in, one, in, in which I once walked. We don't understand where we've come from, but he's saying this is where you came from. This is your old neighborhood. These are your people. This is what took place. So there's this implication that says, don't go back there. Don't go back. Go the other direction. He says, following the course of this world. What is the course of this world? What's happening in our world? Well, Titus chapter 3, verse 1 through 3 says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. This is Paul talking to a young pastor named Titus. Actually, I don't know how old Titus is, so he might be young. But remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. This is what it looks like to be a Christian. This is somebody who's not living in death. 
It's somebody who's being submissive to rulers and authorities. It's somebody who is obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one. Just, just think through the things that have happened in our nation. January 6th, social media, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. That Paul's saying, I want you to remind people about these things. And, and then he says a similar thing that he's saying right here. He says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. What's that saying? It's saying, like, this is the way of the world. This is the course of the world. Like, hating, uh, hating other people, hated by others, and hating one another, passing our days in malice and envy. Malice, like anger, hatred. Uh, envy. I want that. I need that. I must have that. The course of this world is basically, it's secularism. It's life without God. It's a lifeless endeavor. It leads us to death. Now we're seeing the failure of secularism. We're seeing the failure of what's been coming over our country for centuries and really uh, <laughs> since the fall of man. But we're seeing it come to fruition. We're seeing this promise of Ditch God and everything that he stands for and his way of thinking that we see in the word of God and everything will be fine for you. Life will get better. But life isn't getting better. Life isn't better than it was a few, even a few years ago. There's more fighting, more hatred, more anger. The course of this world is one that is extremely foolish. I, I don't often listen to or read Jordan Peterson. I think he's an interesting person, but I don't believe that he's entirely a believer. Someone will probably correct me afterwards, but uh, whatever, okay. Jordan Peterson uh, was, I just, someone posted this video. I don't even know where it came from, but he said something that struck me. He said, you cannot simultaneously say, we have to have a woman on the Supreme Court. And secondly say, there is no distinction between a man or a woman. You cannot say, we gotta have a woman on the Supreme Court. They need representation. And then, it does not matter. Woman is not a woman. It's just, you know, you're just whatever you think you are. He says, I'll accept one of those, but I won't accept both. Like, that, that's insane. It's absolute insanity. It's foolishness. It is the foolishness of our world. Think about that for a second. Kids, think about that for a second. Think about what, what's happening here. The, our world's best ideas are ridiculous so many times. It doesn't mean that there isn't truth in physics or science or all, any, any mathematics or uh, education on some level. But what it does mean is that on life's critical questions, when it comes to who am I and what should I do with my life, and do I have value, those are not questions that our world can answer because... It is following the course of this world, and it's insane. It is foolishness to think like they think. It says that when they follow the course of this world, that they are simply following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So here, let's, let's just talk about this for a second. 
Like we got stuff that's going on in our world, the way that people are trying to teach our kids. And it's not just our kids, it's you and I through the shows that we watch, the things that we listen to, the so-called Christians that want to include politics as part of uh, religion, all of that stuff, the course of this world, all of that stuff. What is that following? What pattern is that following? The prince of the power of the air. Satan. Yeah. I kind of sound like the church lady there for a second. If you remember that skit from SNL, there's about five of you in here that do. Uh, but uh, Satan. I mean, Paul's not mincing words. He's not mincing words. He says, they're following the course of this world. That is Satan. Jesus says a similar thing in John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. Ouch, Jesus. He's talking to some real church-going folks, right? He's talking to some Pharisees, and he says, you're of your father, the devil. <laughs> That's what in the world? He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Wowzers. That's a mouthful from Jesus who says, listen, I know you think you're religious, I know you think you have it all together. I know you think that you, you've got it, you got it all worked out. You know, you know your Old Testament real well. He says, no, you are of your father, the devil. What's that mean? It means this, that you could be walking through life. You could be a, a, a church attender. You could be somebody who is relatively involved without saving faith in Jesus Christ and simply just believing that God is cool. You could say, I'm down with God. I'm down with religion. That's great. Awesome. Here's the problem. Jesus says, you still are of your father, the devil. That's what Paul is saying here too. Our world is led by Satan. It's just as simple as that. These ideas of, of sexuality and of money and of power and of politics and of whatever you want to put in there, these ideas are coming from our world, which is getting it from the prince of the power of the air. It is from Satan himself. And you were saved from that. He goes on and says, the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived. He's, he's saying, remember where you came from? We all once did that. In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, the passions of the flesh, that word is epithymia, which means an epic desire. It's an over-desire. It's, it's, it is a lust. It's, it's going after something like, I really want this. I really have to have this. I really need to love this person. Or I need to no longer love the person that I should be loving, and I want to go after something else. It's an over-desire. It's a lust. Our world is telling you and I, kids, listen up. When our world says, do whatever you want, love whoever you want, love is love. When our world, when your teacher says that you can just decide for yourself what gender you are, when your, uh, when your school has you read stuff that is completely contradictory to the scriptures, when that happens, what you have to understand is that I am not somebody who's following after the passions of my flesh in my lusts and saying, I must have it. No, it has to go through a different filter. 
He says, carrying out the, the desires of the body and the mind. Our world 100% says, follow your heart, obey your lusts, do what your body tells you to do. Your thoughts are right and true. And God has another word. Every thought and the intentions of man's heart is only evil continually. I am no longer that. And you were dead. You once lived that way. That is not who I am. That is not what I'm doing. That is not where I am. He says, and you were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. What is wrath? Wrath is the judgment of God. Not a fun subject, not something that people like to talk about. They don't like to talk about judgment and yet there's lots of judgment to go around. Lots of judgment. All of these movements that have happened and some of them have needed to happen for sure in regards to racism, uh, people that have been abused at their workplace or as at, at any time during their life, like that needed to come out, that needed to be exposed, absolutely. But there's lots of judgment that goes around. Lots of judgment. God is the final judge. God is the final judge. We were by nature children of wrath. We were deserving of God's complete destruction of us. That's, that's where we were. That's who we are. Do you remember where you came from? Do you remember the secularism that you were involved with? And maybe you're involved with it right now. Maybe you're, you're steeped in sin. Maybe you're just becoming more aware because you're getting closer to God. You're getting closer to Jesus. So you're becoming more aware of your sin. And it makes you feel horrific. The most important word in that, and you were dead. You once lived. That's the most important thing to remember about this passage. There's not a ton of hope except to say this. What brought you into this position was Jesus Christ crucified on the cross for your sins. He brought you out of that. He is opening the eyes of your heart. He's enlightening the eyes of your heart in order that you could see the hope that's in him and not in secularism and not in the course of this world. He is opening your eyes so that you're able to see, hey, there's another way to live. Our entire world is, 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 is failing. Secularism is failing little by little. No, it, it, it was this, it was that. The world is supposed to get better with the internet. But yet really, what it, the only thing that it's doing is it's causing this massive Tower of Babel situation where we increasingly come to the, the, the thought process that says that I can build my life without God on my terms. And it's a dead endeavor. It's a lifeless endeavor. So here's the thing. Remember that you are not that person anymore. You say, Pastor Matt, but you don't know what I'm involved with. That's okay. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. You are not that person anymore. 
Yeah, but I keep doing it. I know you keep acting like you're Jenny from the block. You keep acting like that's where you came from. You know, Jenny from the block. Lord knows what she was doing on the block. I have no, I don't want to, that's not any kind of an implication necessarily. But what was Jenny doing on the block? She's a child. Put, put away childish ways. You don't have to keep doing that. You don't have to keep doing that. You don't have to be that person anymore. You don't have to act like that any longer. I love what Kelly read just before that song, Living Sacrifice. In Romans 12, 1, when he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Listen, according to the mercies of God, like look at where you came from. Look at what's going on. Remember that that's not you anymore. That's not you. That's not it. I'm appealing to you on the basis of how much mercy God has for you. I sin a little bit, he gives a thousand times more grace. I sin a little bit, he gives a thousand times more grace. I can't out-sin God. That's where you are. And, and Paul just wants you to know this. God wants you to know this. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Can I ask the band to come up right now? Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then he says this. This is important. Don't be conformed. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't follow the course of this world, which is simply just under the power and control of Satan. Don't go after that. Don't live there. Don't be a part of that. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Our minds are being renewed in the course of this world. And I have this deep conviction over my own life, and that is that like, how much of the world am, am I being discipled in? And I'd ask you the same thing, like how much of the world are you being discipled in? How much of the world is, are your kids being discipled in? Because I need the power of God to, to become present to me. I need the presence of God in my life so that he can renew my mind, so that he, he can renew my heart, that he can renew my soul, so that I can become what I already am. And so I'm going to pull a fast one on the guys.